Super Talk Mississippi media production. This is Thunder and Lightning here on Super Talk Mississippi. Brian Haydad and Joel T. Coleman here with you on a Thursday morning. Thanks for listening to our podcast. We certainly appreciate it. It's been a big week for us on Thunder and Lightning, and you guys are the reason for that. So wherever you're listening to us and however you're listening to us, whatever you're doing while you're listening to us. Whatever you go by. Whatever you go by. Yeah. You know? Be you Bob Jones or Dog Sack Smith, you can just you can be whoever you want to be when you listen to po- yeah. Thunder and Lightning. Uh, on the airwaves, we don't care who you are. Yeah. Uh, we do care about our great servicemen and women out there protecting our freedom every day. We appreciate you guys tuning in. Hopefully you have gotten your, your leave taken care of, and we'll see you at Duty Noble this weekend. Uh, and I also want to thank our sponsors at Strange, at Strange Brew. Strange. Strange, strange brew coffee house. Where, where's the H? It could be Shane Brew. Shane Brew coffee house. No, we he's too humble for that. Uh, so yeah, thank our sponsors, Strange Brew Coffee House and Churnus Peter. It is just muggy, nasty hot. Go cool off with an iced drink from Strange Brew Coffee House or some ice cream from Churn and Spoon. You, you you treat yourself. You feel better when you feel good. You do good. That's what I say. You got to feel good to do good. When I feel bad, buddy, I'm not doing anything. I revert to bad habits when I feel bad. What did Big Papa Pump always say? I feel about as good as I look. Well, buddy, if that's the case. Yeah, he had are. to be feeling pretty good. <laughs> feeling pretty good. We're not gonna, we can't go too far down the road with Big Papa Pump here on this show. We, we'll end we're up, a family show. We're a family show. Uh, we got to talk to uh, Chris Lamonis and, and the crew. He's the head baseball coach at Mississippi State University. So here's the thing. I'm, I'm, I'm going to give a little lesson here about podcasting. I have been taught in the past that when you talk, when you do a podcast, when you do headlines, whatever, you have to treat everybody like they know nothing about what you're talking about. <laughs> and I mean, seriously, like you, you can't just say Lamonis. You got to say Mississippi State head baseball coach Chris Lamonis. You know, you say that like a lot of times you and I will sit here and we'll talk about stuff and we, we will just assume, and, and, and probably in podcast land. That's my land, point. I assume our audience is intelligent. In, in podcast land, probably if, if you went and found us and you're listening to us, odds are you're, you're, a, you're a pretty diehard fan for the most part. Yeah. But I, I'll tell you what, I mean, a, a lot of the folks, and this is not a knock, because like I said yesterday, I have family members that kind of casually follow sports and I don't know if they could tell you who the head coach was or not, to be honest with you, but... Uh, there's a lot of people that try and kind of keep up with state that need to be reminded of who the coaches are and su- such like that. Now I know that's foreign to a lot of people, uh, but anyway. So I-, I say that to say, you know, if-, if you're one of those people that's joining us this morning because it's Super Regional Week and uh, not not real uh, attuned to everything Mississippi State, Chris Lamontis is your head baseball coach. There we go. University. I'm going to treat you with respect. I'm going to treat you like you know what you're talking about. I think if you if you found this podcast, you obviously have some intelligence. Yeah, I, I say that. If too. I was sitting in for another podcast, like you know, if I was sitting in on somebody else's podcast, <laughs> I might I might dumb it down. No, I, I'm not really trying to. Dumb it. I, I really was talking to someone the other day, and they were like, "Oh, Coach Henderson over there." So I was like, "Hold up, hold up." You know, let's. I told, you're I told you're you living that, in I, last year. I've told you that are, story, haven't I? Oh yeah, about <laughs> that's the worst story ever. I'm not going to tell it on the air. <laughs> I, you know what? I will tell it on the air. If you're the lady, if you're listening and you're that lady, this is on you. I was at City Bagel uh, this past <laughs> football season. And uh, this was Sunday after the game. And uh, I'm getting a drink, and Coach Henderson is standing there. Now, I didn't know Coach Henderson very well because this time last year with my, my previous gig, I didn't really have to go down for the press conference. I, I left that stuff to y'all. But I knew who he was, obviously. So I just said, hey, Coach. And he, again, I don't think he knew me. He might have recognized me, but I don't think he did. And he's just like, hey, how you doing? 
And this woman looks at him and goes, are you Coach Limonis? And I was just like, oh, no, no. (laughs) And I just got my drink. I was like, I'll take it easy. (laughs) I avoided the carnage. Maybe she thought you were Coach Limonis. Now that's, you, you actually look a lot more like Coach Lamonis. That's than more. Gary that's more reasonable than Gary Henderson as Coach Lamonis. No question. Uh, anyway, we talked to him today. <laughs> long, we tell you all that to say we talked to him today, and obviously, you know, a lot of talk about the MLB draft, about Stanford. But the main question, and credit to my man Joel T. Coleman, he doesn't he doesn't pull any punches. Big J over there, he got the question in. JT Ginn. There's no update to be had other than he hasn't even picked the ball up this week. Joel, it's Wednesday. I'm going to go on record as saying I'll be surprised. I, I don't know if I'm going to go as far as to say I don't think he's going to pitch or he's not going to pitch, but I'll be surprised if he pitches, even if State goes into a game three. It, I don't think there's any gamesmanship really to be had by Chris Lamonis flat out lying to us, not to mention the fact that Chris Lamonis has been very open with us yeah. all throughout the year. I don't think he's lying I, to us. I think if he knew one way or the other, I agree. I think he would tell us. I don't think they know. Right. I think he was, he's genuinely telling But can telling they figure the it out in two days? But he did not say this, but I think it's a very obvious that it's not seeming likely by the fact that he haven't, hasn't even picked up a baseball yet, and this thing starts, and you know, as you listen, about 48 hours. You know, I, I think that's telling. He hadn't thrown a bullpen. He hadn't went to see how it feels. He hadn't done any of that. And so, I mean, I think that's very telling that you're – Almost assuredly not going to see him in game one or two, I think. You know, that, that's Joel talking a little bit there. Uh, I think if, if you see him, it will be in that if necessary game three. Mm-hmm. That's, uh, again, that's pure, the, pure that's, that feels like the best case scenario. Um, what we can tell you is his arm is still attached, has not been able to practice. <laughs> he was out there smiling. I mean, I, I seemed to be in pretty good spirits whenever I was looking at him. Uh, he, he didn't come talk to us. I did request to talk to him today, and he was not made available, which, you know, I. It's not so much a football, uh, which a baseball both you thing. and I asked to see him. Yeah, uh, it's not so much a, a baseball thing as much as football. But a lot of times when you request a player that almost always shows up and they don't let you have him, it's because there's a significant injury concern and uh, or, or some other concern, and and that was the case here. I, I think I, I, but I do think they genuinely do not know. Um, I don't think there's anything really to say other than that. Like they they, they don't want to commit one way or the other because they just don't know and and i think it might be a scenario where if you think back that that first weekend that he got pulled from that start at tennessee Mm -hmm. and peyton started that saturday game and they were like well we'll wait and see and then jt did start the sunday game right i kind of wonder if this might not be one of those kind of scenarios like we don't know we don't know we don't know and then if this goes to a game three then maybe they run him out there and just see what happens on that in that game three scenario. And then maybe, maybe. I, I'm, I'm spitballing. You, you here. just got to be prepared for that. You got to you know you can't have the same situation that came last Friday. You've got to have Smith somebody ready, ready to go and be like, just be ready and keep yourself ready. Absolutely. We'll which which you which you can kind of afford to do more so in a game three situation than the first game of a regional. You know, right. the first game of a regional, you don't want to warm up two starters when you might possibly be playing what five games in a regional possibly. Right. 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 Um, but in a game three super regional scenario, crap, you can warm up everybody. Well, in a do or die game, crap counter one. Yeah, in a do or die game, for me, I would always have somebody ready because you you can't you can't afford to mess around. Yeah, you can't you can't afford to you know let let's see how it goes for a couple of batters. You know, if you're getting trouble, we got to make a move. Um, but I will stress, like if you if a doctor walked in here right now that had all the information on JT Ginn and told me, Joel, 
completely medically cleared, no problems, no soreness, no issues. I'm still starting Peyton Plum the game too. I am too. I am too. He's we're, my game two guy. We're going to be sure. And honestly, I mean, well, it's not even about being sure. Right now, I just trust Plumley's performance more. Well, there's that, and you know, you feel good about hey, if this is a closeout game, we're going to start our freshman All American. You know, our first round. Yeah, I mean, was, that's not a knock it's, on JT. It's, 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 a, it's no lose, in my opinion. Yeah. So. Again, it's another one of those scenarios where you have too many pretty good players. You know, it's not a knock on JT to say right now Peyton's doing a little better. Earlier in the year, JT was doing better. Yeah. It's just one of those things where right now, who's the hottest? You know, who, who's whose performance has been the best of late? Peyton Plummer. And, and so that's who I would ride with in game two, regardless of the health status of JT again. Uh does it make you work your bullpen a little bit differently? My thought was this. You know, Friday night, Small gives you seven strong innings. Colby White, then Cole Gordon closes it up, right? Do you avoid Cole Gordon on Saturday with the potential that you might need him for extended relief on Sunday? If you've got the lead, heck no. If you have a one- or two-run well, lead and you well, can yeah, if close it's late it. And you're, you're leading and you want to close it out, yeah, that's fine. I'm saying, you know, in a, even in a tie game, would you avoid going to Cole Gordon? Because you might need him to go three, four innings on Sunday? I think I might avoid using him in a prolonged scenario. I don't think I would avoid using him for an inning. Yeah, it's, if it's the ninth inning and you're up a couple runs. Well, if it's the ninth I, inning and you're tied, I would still run Cole You go to Cole Gordon. Yeah. I mean, because he could throw an inning on Saturday and then, or excuse me, in this scenario, throw an inning on Sunday and then come back on Monday. He can do that. Yeah. But I would not run him out there, you know, either the behind sixth. or tying and let him throw and burn himself out where he couldn't come back the next day. Okay. But yeah, I, I think if you have a lead or. Especially if you have a lead, you try and go ahead and get the thing done. Do you um, go, is it Brandon Smith for you in Game Three if Gin can't go? Um, yeah, I, I I don't really know who else you you might turn to there other than Cole, Cole. who has not started a game all year, so I don't anticipate he would. You have three options, in my opinion, you have uh, Smith, you have Cole Gordon, who likes it hasn't started, but he could, and then you have Keegan James. And, you know, I think I just ranked them for you, to be honest with you. One, two, three, Smith, Gordon, James are probably, your, probably the options you I think have. I think they might run Keegan out there before they would run Cole to start. Because yeah. you, you could – I don't know. I mentioned this a day or two ago on the show, but you could run into that Trevor Fitz 2013 thing where you just start him and start Keegan or whoever and see if they can get through the lineup once yeah. and, and then put Cole out there. I, I don't yeah, – Get nine outs and then take it from there. And then I, I would, I mean, I would, if, if Keegan got through the first couple of innings unscathed, I wouldn't have a problem turning it over to Cole for, you know, innings three through seven. Yeah. And then trying to figure it out with some combination of Barlow, Lee Belt, you know, something like that. I think it, it, it could work, you know. And of course, MSU can avoid all of these issues by just winning the first two games, which they're perfectly capable of doing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, there is a. There is a really, really good chance with Ethan Small on the mound on Saturday that you're winning that game. Yeah. I mean, I mean you've, won every, you've won every game he started this year except for two. Yeah. And if you lose that game, I mean, you're in trouble for sure. But you feel you feel darn good about your chances of Ethan going six or seven innings and winning the game. Mm-hmm. And Three now that I think about it, but go ahead. And then you get into Saturday and you just take your chances from there. I mean, from then on, it's just all out, try to get it done Saturday. Or, I keep thinking this thing's starting on Friday. Yeah, Excuse me, folks. I'm right. messing you up. Ethan Small pitches on Saturday. There's a good chance you win that game. On Sunday, you just try and go all out and end it Sunday. You know, I, I don't. But but you also, you have to play it smart. And if you get down, you know, if you're down two or three runs, you're asking me about Cole. I don't think in that scenario, you know, you don't run Cole Gordon out there four or five innings if you're down two or three runs. You know, I don't think. Um, 
but we'll see. You also don't want to just run anybody out there because, I mean, down two or three runs, you have a chance for a comeback too. So these are the things that coaches have to think about. It's why they make all that money and why you and I sit here and talk about it on podcasts and have people with no names tell us we're dummies. When you look at this Stanford lineup, a lot of power, a lot of pop in it. Does that change anything for Mississippi State now that this park especially has evolved into more hitter-friendly? You know, especially a guy like Small who loves to challenge guys with that high fastball. Does he have to be a little bit more cautious? I think if you're Ethan, you just don't go with what you what you do. <laughs> you know, I mean, at this point, it's got you to to be a first rounder. Uh, you just go with your game, and and uh, you know if that's throwing some elevated fastballs here, and you know, I don't I don't think you change anything from what Ethan Small has done to this point. There's no way you run out there on Super Regional Weekend after you just had one of the most historic seasons in Mississippi State history and change anything up. Dance with the one that brung you. So, yeah, if you're Ethan Small, you go out there and you Ethan Small it up on Saturday night. You know, you, you do your delayed delivery. You do – speaking of that delayed delivery thing, I was talking to Ethan for a while ago. I wouldn't interview him, just, you know, shooting the breeze. And uh was asking him about Marcus Stroman, you know, Blue Jays – yeah, star pitcher and things. You know, they interact on Twitter a lot. I was like, oh, yeah. do you know Strowman? Like, are y'all? Th-? He's like, nope, never met him. Yeah, <laughs> he's like, he just started tweeting at me, and I started, you know? I started tweeting at him, and uh, you know, it's just kind of developed into a thing. So I, I, that was kind of neat. But yeah, if you're Ethan, you just you keep doing your thing. I mean, I don't think you you change anything up at all. And you know, Ethan is just one of the better pitchers in Mississippi State history. I, I mean, just the his thought process behind every pitch. Um, the deception that he tries to to throw in there with his you know delayed deliveries and stuff and evaluating a hitter and seeing oh he's not catching up to my fastball I can keep doing this or I can elevate this or I need to go to my curve a little more like I don't know he's just one of the more cerebral guys that yeah. states ever he's had thinking on out the there yeah the uh, which makes him you know and and he throws you know low nineties and and got some good breaking stuff and off speed stuff too and he's left handed. So all that combined makes you a pretty dang good pitcher, which is why the Brewers took him in the first round, of course. So so no, I I am not mixing a dang thing up if I'm Ethan Small. I keep doing what I've been doing. JT Gann was just named co national freshman pitcher of the year by Collegiate Baseball magazine. Along with who? Anybody we know? Here's one of the MSU. Come on guys. It doesn't say. Like I understand you just want to publicize your guy, but you could at least tell me who the other guy is. I don't know. Four straight years now. Yeah, four straight years MSU has had a freshman All-American first team. Uh, Tanner Jordan and Rowdy. Tanner Allen and Rowdy Jordan. I combined them uh, last year. I'd rather go Rowdy Allen if I was going to combine them, to be honest with you. I want to keep that first name. Jake Mangum and Riley Self uh, two seasons ago. So good for good for uh, JT. We'll see if he can finish that season strong. Yeah, well, this, going back to the pitching thought, and I asked Mangum about it. I said, you know, does it change anything for you? As a hitter, do you have to come in there with a little bit more like, man, we really – I think it's going to take runs to win this weekend. I don't know with these guys that it's going to uh, – that it's – I don't know how to put this. I don't think – even with small going, I think it, there's going to be three or four runs in that game. Yeah. You're going to have to probably score five or six to win, and then with Plumley probably the same thing. I don't think there's going to be a lot of 2-1 this weekend. Yeah. I, we've talked about Peyton some and how good he's been on the mound and things. I don't – I'm going to try to write this story a little bit. I, I think that, and I, I'm not even really sure who. Someone else on the beat, I think, is going to write a, a, a story similar that might get a little further in depth than I'm going to be able to get. But the Peyton Plumley story to me is one of the better storylines on this team this yeah. year. I mean, it's it's you're talking about a guy that last year didn't get the chance to go to Omaha. You know, a, a guy that was a, such a huge piece of that 2017 team. 
and uh, you know the suspension happens and he misses an entire year. I, I was talking to him for several minutes out there today, and and just talking about the last year and and him having to to kind of sit out and and you know he, he thought about maybe doing some NAI stuff and I think maybe his his dad some family was like kind of helped him stick it out kind of deal and jake's one of his better friends on the team and, and jake was talking about how much the, the last year kind of weighed on him and and to come back now and i mean there's a high chance i'm saying high chance because i think ethan small is going to win the game on saturday there's a high chance that peyton Plumley could be the guy to punch state's ticket to omaha yeah on, on sunday yeah it's a long that's and, a it's a and, good and comeback just, story i don't know man to, to me that that's the kind of crap why i like doing what we do crap camera yeah. too i mean just you get to kind of see these guys' plights. And and I know to a lot of folks, these guys are just the kids that you see run out there on the screen or out there on the field and yeah. things. But to to kind of see these guys and their hurts and how hard they try and, and, and the behind-the-scenes stuff and then to, to see a guy that has just went through what he went through. And Chris Lamonis was talking about it today, too, about how basically, to use a baseball analogy, you know, Peyton Plumley came into this year with two strikes. Yeah, I mean another strike, and and he wouldn't have been able to stick it out, and he's kind of had to be, uh, he kind of hadn't had the chance to mess up anymore, like a college kid kind of did. They had to kind of, I don't know, that watch him a little closer is the way to say it, but uh, they, I mean he he's kind of been on that edge since he came back, you know, because they gave him another chance kind of deal, and he has absolutely made the, he couldn't have made any more of it, and so anyway, for storyline purposes. I'm absolutely hoping that he's the guy that punches the ticket to him. It helps State, too, because JT Ginn probably wouldn't have to throw and that sort of thing. There's a whole lot of other stuff to that. But from a storyline aspect, I just think it would be perfect if Peyton Plumlee was the winning pitcher to the guy that, that punched your ticket to, to Nebraska. It would be a tremendous uh, comeback 180 story, however you want to put it, uh, for Plumlee to, to get there. No question about that. Let's talk about the MLB draft. We haven't had a chance really to, to, to go too deep into that. Obviously, Ethan Small, first-round pick of the Milwaukee Brewers. Uh, the next Bulldog off the board, of course, Jake Mangum. He's headed to New York where he said he told me, and I quote, I'm going to make the Braves pay. <laughs> he said, I was telling no, Jake. I didn't say that, but he did say something. I was telling Jake he's now my division rival. He, uh, and, and he, he told and, and, and he had some fun with us. It's so fun because Jake, Jake and I, for the last several years, have gone back and forth on Twitter and in person, just talking about the Braves. Because yeah. I mean, he's grew up kind of a Braves fan mm-hmm. deal, and uh, he's like, the Braves have had their time. It, it's now, you know, it's, I'm it's done time. with them. Yeah. <laughs> so. I don't know. It, it's and Tom Ebel was so excited. Oh yeah, Mr. Met, Mr. Met over there. Oh Jake, uh, I'm so excited. You're a New York Met. Uh, have a, have an outfield with Tebow and Mangum. And Duplantis. <laughs> and Duplantis and Pete Alonzo at first. Yeah, they got to have the SEC, uh, you know, working there. Right? I mean, but, you know, there are a lot. I mean, the Braves are full of SEC Well, everybody guys. Sh- everybody that wants to be good should be full of SEC guys. Yeah. Um, and Braves, you know, the new Babe Ruth would have been a Mississippi State player had he not decided to go to the Braves. That kid. Austin Riley just jacking ball. Did, did you say, not to get off track, but he was a Mississippi State signee, so yeah. we're not too far off track here. But he is the since they started keeping the statistic of RBI, mm-hmm. he is uh, like the second fastest guy in history mm-hmm. to uh, twenty five RBI, eighteen games. Someone taking him eighteen games at twenty five. Only one other guy in the history of the game since they kept started keeping this has gotten there in the last hundred years. And it's Austin freaking Riley is the second guy. I think he's going to be a very attractive part of the package that gets Bumgarner. <laughs> Him and Akakuna and Albies, I think we can make a deal, to be honest with you. Jeez, Louise. Uh, that kid's, he's something. He's Could something you imagine a lineup that would have had him and Rooker both in it here at State? 
Because yeah. it would have. Yeah. Well, look, I'm looking, I was looking at MLB. I was talking to Richard Cross yesterday on Sports Talk. You know, Warner went to the Twins. So a couple of years from now, can we see Warner and Rooker? Goodness gracious, they'll be blowing balls out of Minnesota. Uh, on day three of the draft, which is what we're on as we're listening, I, I guess it, I, I, you're more familiar with me, for more, for more familiar with it than I am. Uh, how many rounds are on day three? Do uh, they finish up? Ra- rounds 11 through 40. Okay, yeah, they, so, they so it's up. still going on. The, the draft tracker has not tweeted in a while. Uh, but from for an MSU perspective, for players... I, I think they take like a pee break midway through. <laughs> I, I really do. I, I mean, I like, believe you. There's like an the intermission. The intermission. Yeah. Uh, three players have been drafted already on uh, Wednesday. Tristan Barlow, 16th round to the Colorado Rockies. Dustin Skelton goes in the 18th round to the Miami Marlins with Jeets. And uh, in the 20th round, Jarrett Lee belt to the Arizona Diamondbacks. And then the Braves have made a selection in the 14th round of an MSU signee, Smithville's Jarrett Johnson. That's a kid that we've talked about, I think, on the show before, that blows gas 94, 95 miles an hour in high school. So he's got an interesting decision to make. One of other states, other signees, Ethan Hearn out of Mobile Christian, went in the sixth round of the Cubs. The indications are he'll head to MLB. I don't think states had any other signees taken uh, to this point. Uh, and Johnson, like I said, will have to, you know, the 14th round, my, my guess is, my guess is he'll come to college. But they may, might be wanting to go ahead and move forward. You never know. I'll never forget, was it Dale Burdick, like three or four years ago, the last pick yeah, of the he draft? Was pretty low and went ahead. And went ahead. And yeah. we were like, what, what is going on? And that was the year State didn't have a player taken. That was 15. Didn't have any player on the roster taken. Of course, the next year they were loaded. But those are the guys that have headed out. I mean, I would definitely expect in the next few you know, hours as this draft wraps up, uh, somebody will take a shot on Cole Gordon late in the draft, I would imagine. Uh, Marshall Gilbert, same thing. Gilbert's an interesting guy because he could catch, he could play third base, he can hit. So you you, know, you got some 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 uh, some maneuverability. Gunnar Halter's name has come up a couple times. I, I don't see him leaving. I think he comes back next year and is the starting third baseman. Do you agree? Yeah, I think I. You, Gilbert, that's who. I, I no, was, no, I'm I was, sorry, Gunnar Halter. Gunnar Halter. Yeah, Gilbert's a senior. He's obviously yeah, yeah. That's what I, was, I had Gunnar Halter on my side. Gilbert. Uh, you think he is back? Usually? I think he'll come back. I think so. Yeah. Why? I mean, I mean, unless he's just itching to go. Yeah, I, I'm trying to think of because like, he showed enough next year that this year that makes me think when he starts getting a, ro- a regular spot in the rotation, which he I think he would be the starting third baseman. I mean, who's competing with that spot? Landon Jordan, maybe. Maybe. Um. Or, or could Halter play another one of the outfield spots? You know, Cause, yeah, because I mean, cause I think Rowdy moves to center next year. Yeah, you're going to have the corner outfield. You know, Cumbus is probably one, and then the other one could be Halter there if they want to put him out there. Halter is such a good athlete. I think he'll be fine wherever you put him. Yeah, I think he's he, back. I, I just kind of, I feel like that with Gunner that he's kind of only scraped the surface of what he can be. Like I, he's had some good moments at state, but he, he's. He is so athletic, and then he's got baseball in his blood. You know, Daddy was a big leaguer kind of yeah. deal, and uh, I just. But by that I, same token, you got to think that a. I mean, I have to assume financially they might be okay, and that b. Dad has probably been like, "Look, minor league life sucks. <laughs> you know, stay stay as long as you can." Yeah. So that, it just you never know. And Halter's name hasn't been called yet, so it's not it's not an issue right this second. Yeah. Um, yeah, so if it does get called, I mean, it's going to get called in one of the later rounds. Yeah. So uh, you feel like... Another Bulldog signing just came off the board. Uh, Northwest Florida State's left fielder, Jake Randa. We'll see if... I mean, that's a 13th round. Oh, I must have just missed him. 13th round selection, though. Um, so, yeah. This this draft... Skelton gone? 
he went pretty highly, didn't he? He went like 17th. 18th round. Could he come back and, and work into the top 10, the top 10 rounds? I don't know. I, don't, I mean, that's the thing. He had such a big jump from sophomore to junior. If he took a similar jump, and he went, you know, he's, he's hitting what three hundred with ten home runs. What if he's next year? He's three three twenty five with thirteen, fourteen home runs. Yeah, maybe, maybe. I, definitely it, has shown the arm off. And and, and then again, I, I don't know. He's got a pretty good, you know, and Coach Cheese, pretty good catching coach right yeah, here at State. Yeah. I was going to say you might want to get into a, a pro system where you just go ahead and start getting in that mindset and, and develop, you know, a little more defensive. Because in the big leagues, not that they won't take a catcher with a bat, they absolutely will, but defensively is where you can really make your money in the big leagues as a catcher. I mean, Yachty Molina. I know Yachty can hit a little bit, but what's he known for is his dang glove. So I, I don't know if, if if Dusty thinks that he might could get into a, a professional system and and really develop more quickly. Uh, maybe it's a situation where you go, and a lot of times, you know, as a junior, you have a little leverage there. You know, if you can come back, to, you can go back to school, so you kind of have a an option there. So you might can get a little more money, kind of deal. Then again, you know, if you think you can work your way up in the draft, you're going to get more money anyway. So I don't know. That's going to be an interesting decision. Another MSU signee, uh, outfielder Andre Tarver, 15th round pick of the Padres. There was a lot of talk about him saying that no matter where he was picked, he was probably going to go. So we'll see. He's, he's I mean, he's a 10 out of yeah. 10 on perfect And you can't hate, you can't hate, you know, ah, kids want to go play, go yeah. play, do what you, call it, call it, it say, man. Well, never mind, it's your life, man, live your life. I don't, I don't question people, you know, as long as your interests don't conflict with mine, I don't, you do what you want over there. <laughs> I, don't, I don't care. Um, so yeah, pretty good set. And like I said, with Skelton too, I think we talked about it, with Hancock and Hayden Jones there, you feel good at catcher. Yeah. So you're not, you're not too overly worried about that. And Hancock's another guy who could work himself into the rotation. Could you go? He, I think they mentioned he could go to second. So maybe you, if if Halter does go, you move Foskey back to third or Westberg back to third. You, you got a lot of options. Hancock's a guy that what we've seen from his bat so far, he's going to be fine. You're going to have to find a spot for yeah. him. And I, I don't know where that is. Compass, maybe Compass early showed you some flashes like that too. We'll see if he can continue that. So uh, I said a few more rounds left in the MLB draft, and we'll then you know we'll know I guess in about a couple weeks. Uh, I don't know what the the, the deadline is. Uh, but we'll find out who's who's coming to Starville and who's who's back for next season. Should be. I mean, the main the main core of the team is going to return. They just got to find that second guy with Ginn for Friday nights or for Saturday nights, and then take it from there. All right, tomorrow's show will full preview of Mississippi State versus Stanford. Um, anything else that pops up between now and then, obviously, we are going to talk about that as well. But that's the uh, the main focus. We'll be previewing the super regional, first super regional in MSU since 2016, and only the second one ever, right? Third. Third one ever. So 07, yeah, Clemson. 07, 16, and now this Clemson, year. Clemson, Arizona, and Stanford. Yeah. Bulldogs 1-1 one one in Super Regionals. So the, the rubber match of Super Regionals. Guys. There it is. All right. The, Talk, Bob, the Bobby Dahlback Regional last time. There you go. Talk to you uh, guys tomorrow. For Joel T. Coleman, Ooh. I'm Brian Haydad. Thanks for listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Mississippi Media Production.